Now, Cassidy Curran in the Stressless in studio this morning. Good morning to you. Good morning, Frank. Thanks for having me. Thanks very much for being here today. I really appreciate it. Mm -hmm. So you're with Deschutes National Forest. Yes, We've sir. talked for years about what goes on every winter here. I don't think you can say it enough, though. Well, I have some specific examples that I'm going to launch oh, into. We're cool. having our field rangers let us know that people are driving up the um, 370, uh, which is a pretty tough road anyway, and are apparently feeling pretty bold and getting really stuck. So we'll see how much longer uh, that one is able to stay open. But the point of that is that the snow should prevent you from going any farther. And that, that's for a lot of reasons. One, so you don't get stuck and have to call the sheriff's office and get search and rescue to come and find you. But also, um, it does a lot of resource damage when we do that. It really tears up the roads. We have to go in and blade those roads. And for the folks who have been around a minute and know how often we blade some of those roads, it's not very often. So when we can protect the roadbed, um, and then certainly for the people who are uh, currently sliding off the roadbed, um, protect all of that vegetation that's along the way too. So um, just see this incoming snow as a reminder that this is the time that if you start getting into it, and I don't mean an inch or two, I mean six to eight to 12 inches, that should be your cue to stop, turn around, either go by foot, be prepared for that, or just choose a different spot, especially as we get closer to maybe folks going out to get their Christmas tree. This is a good reminder that this is a good time of year uh, to get in shape for maybe snowshoeing or taking a walk in the woods. Um, but make sure that you're parking that vehicle and not taking it in where you shouldn't. What should you always travel with when you're going to be out there? I feel like you have the right answer to this the way that you asked me that question. But regardless, um, a few things that you should always take. First of all, we always encourage people with the 10 essentials. So you're going to want to take extra food, extra water. Make sure you have a map and a compass. Importantly, know before you go. What are the conditions before you get there? You know, you were even talking to me about looking at some cams this morning. So where there are trail cameras or um, ODOT cameras or whatever that looks like, um, try to understand the conditions before you get to it have an alternate plan, and always, always, always tell people when to expect you back, particularly when you know that you're going to go into a place that maybe looks like a off-roading journey or some place that might have some inclement weather. It's always just good for folks to know where you are. So if you are not coming back around the time that you think that you're supposed to, we know where to start sending some help to get you out. A big tradition for a lot of people around here who've been here for a long time is going out and getting their own Christmas tree. Mm -hmm. And for those who haven't moved here recently and haven't ever had that experience, I'm sure they're going to, this is great. Look at where we live and what we can do, boys and girls. You know, uh, again, precautions. Yeah. So importantly, one of my favorite times of the year, I'm just going to say this. I'm the person who leapfrogs Halloween even Thanksgiving to some degree, I've already started listening to my Christmas music. Very excited about this time of year. You can go and get your $5 Christmas tree permits when you think of some of the stuff off the lot. Those are easy pickings for sure, but the adventure is in that five bucks and taking your friends or your family out and going out to pick your own Christmas tree. A uh, couple restrictions, and there are certainly ones when you... Um, you know, you can buy your permit online at recreation.gov. They do have a couple dollars of a fee there. So if you don't want to pay the fee, um, which I don't want to pay the fee, um, I always come into our offices, open 8 to 4.30, and we can sell you, again, that $5 Christmas tree permit. And we'll tell you some great spots to go. Um, if you want different kinds of trees, obviously, the lower elevations, you're going to get a lodgepole, which is also known as the Charlie Brown. 
Christmas tree. Um, as you get higher up in elevation, you're going to get into the fir. And uh, honestly, during the fall months, I love to go on hikes with my family. I'll drop a pin in a in a place where I find a great Christmas tree to go back to it. Um, but always be prepared again in the same way that you would for winter driving. Know, have an idea of where you want to go. Again, our folks at our front desk, when they sell you that $5 permit, can help point you in the right direction. Um, we always take along some sleds. We take along some hot chocolate. We take along some snacks for the kiddos. If there is a place that we're going that we know is going to have snow and my fingers and legs are crossed for that, um, you know, then sledding is an adventure. So you can really kind of make a day of it. And it's a fun time for your family to get outside or your friends. This is one of those things that living in a place where we have such close and easy access to the forest is really a win for folks who want to have a different experience this Christmas. So when do permits go on sale again? They go on sale this week. So um, starting on Friday, you can grab them again on recreation.gov or you can pick one up at our offices. We also have a number of vendor locations around Central Oregon. You can find the full list on our website, but um, you know, when you think of the, you know, buy Mart locations, places that you might be going to get some hot chocolate already, they're going to be the places where you can pick up your Christmas tree permits too, if you want to do that, maybe on a weekend instead of during the week. Other things that, uh, are, there's still activity, uh, pile burning is continuing. Are we still doing some of that until when will that last? It's a really good question. I think uh, we would say as long as the conditions allow, there is a real sweet spot of having some snow on the ground. And what that does is just give us a little bit of an insurance policy. So when we're putting, um, you know, we put some fuel on these piles to burn them and fully consume, but that insurance policy of the snow really prevents them from creeping out. What we don't want to do is light them in the fall or light them a place where they've really torched out and then they start creeping. We don't want that at all. And so we have, you know, that again, that sweet spot of some minimal snow levels that's going to help keep those in the footprints that they're in, but also not too much snow that everything is too wet to actually burn. So while we have those opportunities, we want to get rid of those accumulations of hazardous fuel, which has been left over from, you know, commercial thinning operations that we're doing. And we're restoring our ecosystem back to what it should be. We're opening up the forest that would have, you know, been the way that it was eons and eons ago. Um, but it also lessens our fire risk. And so then the last part of that is we have these, you know, treetops, branches, etc., that we pile up and we need to let them cure for a year or two so that they're not green and they burn pretty well. But for all of the thousands of acres of work that we do every year, there's a lot of piles out there. And so we want to get as much as we can. There's conflicting forecasts. I mean, we're in, for this winter, El Nino, La Nina, you know, uh, Serge, whichever one's going to come in. <laughs> As a steward of the forest, what would your be? Uh, what your ideal would be? What kind of a healthy winter would would you like to see? I'd love to see normal to above average snowpack. You know, that's really what we saw last year. And if you paid attention to our uh, fire season, that wasn't that was that was good for us. It really was. We just didn't have a lot of starts. Uh, we didn't have the lightning too, which was certainly a variable. We had our, uh, unfortunately, plenty of human caused starts, but we were able to pick them all up. I think that when we get into a place that looks like below average snowpack, um, when we look at a place that looks like more rain than snow, so we're not going to see, you know, a good runoff and consistent water in our waterways, drying conditions earlier in the year, 
that's something that does give you a little bit of a watch out. And where I think of it in Central Oregon, um, you know, I, part of the El Nino stuff that I've been looking at is the west side of Oregon being much, much, much drier. And, you know, we've we've talked about it a little bit before, but the Willamette National Forest, just our neighbors um, on the west side of the Cascade Crest, are kind of becoming the fire forest. And that's pretty wild when you think of a western Oregon forest getting as much fire as that forest is. So um, I wish for them a very, very um, deep snow year. Uh, I wish for our recreationists that too. I love to snowshoe and I'd love to see a lot of snow. So I remain hopeful. We'll just say that. You have some openings for some volunteer rangers if they want to help out. We do. So Discover Your Forest is going to be putting on an event that's this Thursday at our office here in Bend um, at 63095 Deschutes Market Road, Thursday, November 9th from 630 to 730. We're looking for volunteers, folks who might want to deliver um, snowshoe programs at Mount Bachelor. Um, there's also programs to school kids. You know, we get through Discover Your Forest, so many kids up to Mount Bachelor and do a snowshoe. You would be amazed at how many kids in Bend have never been to Mount Bachelor um, and up into the mountains. This is a really great program and it's really worthy of someone's time. We also do a lot of, um, you know, winter ecology or forest health programs at snow parks. So if you are interested in being a part of that, there's, I mean, you can do five hours, you can do 250 hours, whatever your uh, time allows and certainly whatever you're willing to give us. But um, if you're interested in being a forest service, discover your forest uh, winter ranger. We would love to have you come on Thursday, 630 at the Deschutes National Forest office in Bend. Cassidy Kern with Deschutes National Forest. Thank you so much. I appreciate you. Thanks, Frank. Take care. FM News 100.1, 1110 KBND.